Hi everyone, welcome back to Front Page Football in the Capitol. A cool episode today where we're branching out a little bit. We'll have Frank Kasha, of course, with us as, as usual, I'd say. But today we have also Andre Karl, who is the striker of Croydon FC in South Australia. Why South Australia, you ask, FPF in the Capitol? Well, Andre Karl used to play at Monaro Panthers, coached by Frank Kasha, and they made it to the round of 32 of the Australia Cup last year representing Canberra. So we're going to have a good chat between the two who used to be, uh, I guess, sharing the pitch last year. Plus, you know, talking about Canberra's Croatia's draw for the round of 32 in the Australia Cup against Madrid. And, you know, focusing a bit on Andre Karl and, you know, what brought him to be the striker that he is today. He's performing pretty well in South Australia this season. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about all that and a bit more. As usual, my name is Jeremy Magan. I'm your host and this is FPF in the Capital. What a goal! Max Green with a stunner! Daniel Barac, he must score! He's gonna score! Camera Croatia leads! well he is in our intro and now he is with us on the Podcast Andre Carl from South Australia, striker for the Croydon FC, is joining us. But of course, Frank Kasha is here as well. Frank, first, you know, first uh, the experience. First, how are you? Thank you, uh, Jeremy. Appreciate the uh, the invite and uh, thrilled to be on the same pitch, if you like, as, as Andre Carl again. It's uh, it's it's always nice to see him. How are you, Andre? Man, thank you for uh, for being with us today. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, like like Frank said, it's good to good to get catch up with old friends and coaches. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure, and I know that you guys uh, catch up uh, often, and not only when when I dare inviting you to on uh, on my podcast. Uh, well, the reason why Andre is here as well is because last time Canberra had a team going onto the uh, national stage of Australia Cup. Well, Frank was the coach, and Andre was the striker of Monaro Panthers last year, and uh, that, that's going to be what we're going to talk about a little bit, as well as uh, Andre and, and how South Australia football compared to capital football and, and a little bit of his career. We'll start there, actually, Andre, for our listeners who, uh, who maybe don't know you or who haven't seen your hat-trick last year or, or your fantastic game yesterday. You're, you're the man of the hour, a goal and two assists. You had a good weekend. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about your uh, your football career and uh, and how you went from, you know, the US to to the capital football to South Australia now? Um, yeah, no, it was, um, it's, it's been something that I've kind of always wanted to achieve when I was younger. Um, I think every young footballer has the, the hope of, you know, trying to make it professional and, and you know, play overseas and, um, and make it a full-time thing. Um, but when I was younger, I think I didn't really have a choice, you know. I kind of I came out of a footballing family, um, so football was the only uh, sport to play, and you were given a ball at four, four years old, and, you know, we, we were playing from then. So um, it's been something that I started from young, you know, I've had a lot of joy and love for it. And, um, yeah, obviously, like, watching cousins and things like that play professional and, and, and go to their games, and it was always something that I aspired to. Um, I 
started out quite, I, I probably started, started out late, come into the representatives actually, because I only started playing representative at about 15. Um, and that was in, you know, NPL in, in Sydney. Um, and from there, I kind of developed really quick. You know, I, I made it a more of a full-time thing. My parents were able to, to supply me with extra training, you know, from a coach and, and you know, develop that further. Um, I at about 17 when I finished school, I had a, a, a small stint in, in Spain, in Barcelona. Um, which I went over and, and played for Snorkel. about just under a year, yeah. So um, I played with a club there called UE Cornella um, and that basically slingshotted my, uh, I guess, development. Um, and when I returned to Australia, it was quite, if I felt so much slower, I felt easier to, to play in the, in the, in the MPL league. And um, from there, I kind of just, progressed through the A teams into 20s and first grade quite early. So I think I started playing first grade at West Sydney Berries um, about 17, uh, 18, and then from there just took off. So had some time with the Central Coast Mariners and then came back and then was playing MPL with Blacktown Spartans. And, and after a good couple of years there, I, um, I didn't know kind of uh, what to decide next, um, if that was it, if reaching the MPL was the kind of the height of Australian football. And then I decided to go to um, America. So I um, wanted to head over there and, and, and get an education. And I did that. And, and that was a, uh, a great experience. So I decided to, to head over there and do a, a, a Bachelor of Science. And I graduated from my um, Bachelor of Science and um, had a really successful American career um, over there. And by the time I returned, I was about 24, 25. And, and then I just continued back playing MPO. And, and this is where it's, um, it's led me from there. So coming back and playing MPO, I finished up in Sydney after I did my master's degree. Um, and then after that, I, I knew I needed a change. And uh, a mate of mine who I, who, I, who I met in America, Josh Calabria, he, um, he reached out to me and told me, why don't you come down to Canberra because I was working not too far away. And when I say not too far away, it's two hours away. <laughs> so um, I was working two hours in, away in Tumut um, and Josh told me to come there. He said, we're going to win everything. We're going to win the league. We're, we're, we're going to win it. And then I, you know, to, to his, to his um, to, uh, positivity, I did believe it and you know, lo and behold, we won the treble. So that's how I ended up in in Canberra. You got a couple of trophies uh, with Frank Asha. A bit to unpack there, but I think one thing that, that interests me because um, that's a bit of what, I guess, Max Green did last year uh, in, in a smaller stint, your year in Spain. And I speak about that often uh, on the sideline with, with some of the coaches and the players. Uh, how, how beneficial was it for you in terms of you know, we talk either about futsal or European football as ways to, you know, make you a better player on, on, on the pitch in Australia. How important was it for you that year in Europe? Yeah, I think it was at, a, at the right age too. Um, well, for me, while I was still young enough, um, but it was, it, was, it, was, it was just so much more, um, it was levels ahead. It was in everything. But more about the comprehension of the game was probably the most... Um, 
the standout way to, to see it. Um, it wasn't so much an ability. They weren't bigger, faster or stronger. It, it was nothing like that. It was, uh, they, were, they knew how to play the game from a young age. Um, you know, it was play quick, uh, play one touch, you know, play simple. They were the, the, the key mottos of being over there. And um, when you play along those sides, those sides with those types of players, you know, it kind of brings you into habits to try and do the same. Um, you know, and I think myself, I always like to take on players and, you know, dribble with the ball. And, and that kind of changed the aspect of my game to try and play just a little bit more simple. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a different kettle of fish over there and it's quicker, it's sharper and you develop really quick. So a few years, a few years after that, you, you said it, you join uh, Monaco Panthers. Frank, you were saying offline as well that it was, it was Josh Caraboya who was good mate with, uh, with Andre. Um, you know, I guess, what are your first impressions when you see Andre coming for training at Monaco? Oh, look, I mean, for, for us, yeah, I put a lot of emphasis on, on my senior players as far as like putting a lot of trust in them. So when, when Josh was talking to me about Andre and, and subsequently we, we, we spoke a few times on the phone because I think, I think memory Andre, I think Canberra Croatia was sort of talking to you as well or you're speaking to them. You know, it was mm. it was important for me to, to, to make sure that we had the right environment set up. Um, but yeah, first impressions was, you know, this, this guy's, already committed to, to travel, you know, a couple of hours, uh, you know, to and from training, you know, a couple of times a week. Um, you know, that, that level of commitment probably is, is sadly lacking here in the local game. You know, I think a lot of players look for a lot of excuses not to train or to, to sort of lend, uh, to lean on their reputation um, to, you know, to, to not put in the hard work. But so, so, so straight away for me, um, I knew that Andre was ready to put in the hard work and that was, you know, that was a massive tick in the box. Then obviously we went through a pre-season um, and, and experienced, you know, some, some time with him. You know, you, you get to know someone uh, on, on a personal level as well. But then when we played our first sort of competitive game was the Charity Shield and that was the first trophy that, you know, we, we won last year and, uh, I mean, he, he set the league alight. You know, he, he scored a hat-trick and some of the goals that he scored was just... Yeah, you know, no, no one had seen a player like that in in Canberra for a number of years, and and I think the chip, especially Andre, I think that was that was one of the uh, the, the the big highlights on Instagram from from memory, and I think that really sort of had a lot of tongues wagging around what sort of player we'd picked up. So for me, it was it was those sort of things, but I always put a lot of emphasis on the on the individual as, as well as the player. So you know, he ticked all those boxes straight away. It's the time where the both of you say, say nice things about each other. We heard from Frank and Andre. What did you think when you when you joined uh, Monaro? Was it uh, was it as good as you expected? Was it even better, or is Frank just or oh, not not all that? <laughs> I've got to be careful here now. <laughs> You've got to be careful here now. <laughs> nah, it's honestly, I um, I was I, you know, coming from a big big city from Sydney, I was a bit oblivious to you know, the other leagues and stuff like that, um, only until I started to look into branching out. But honestly, like, I, I, even when I spoke to Josh, I was like, who's Frank? And then, you know, Josh is like, Frank's won everything. He's like, he's, he's, the, he's basically the, the coach in Canberra. Like, that's it, you know? Like, if you want to win trophies, you go with Frank. So I, I, that was the first impression that I got of, of, of Josh, of Frank from Josh Calabria. So, 
um, that was a good um, that was a good impression for me. Uh, and then I started to do my research a bit, and you know, just saw a few of his accolades and thought, okay, so this this is the only coach I kind of really want to be around in Canberra. Then you know, so um, but you know, we had a couple of conversations on the phone and um, before I even I met Frank and. Um, already there, you had a, you can have a, you can grasp, you know, what someone's like just by having a conversation with them. Um, and already then, you could tell that Frank was a, a very good, um, you know, he, he's a, he was a good man manager. Um, and I, and I, I got that straight away. And that was something that I was probably, probably looking for, um, you know, in, in the next stage of my playing career. Because I think I came to you, Frank, I was, what, oh, last year, so I was 29, 30, um, yeah. you know. Um, and I've played for a, you know a number of coaches all around, all, all along my career and around my my time playing, and um, a lot of them are great coaches, very tactically driven, very very good man managers as well. Like I've played for a range of coaches, and um, I think the recipe that that Frank brought to last year was he um, yeah, he, he basically said it, he put a lot of trust in in players, and and the players put a lot of trust in him. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great um, kind of recipe for success. Um, the relationship between Frank and myself and other players in general. And and you guys won. We said it a few a few trophies together. The Charity Shield, the the Australia Cup, uh, at least the the Canberra um, the, Cam the Capital Football Final of the Australia Cup, uh, and and then the the Championship, uh, of course. Um, you said you were a little bit oblivious to uh, to what football in the capital was coming from uh, from Sydney and from a bigger um, from a bigger league supposedly. Uh, wh what did you think of football in in the capital when you start playing here? Well, I knew I knew it wasn't as um, you know I knew it wasn't as 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 popular. Um, there was only what eight teams, um, and the league the 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 league is. Um, the league surprised me a bit. Um, you know, the variation of of quality is quite well. Quality in Canberra was was quite um, was higher than what I expected. Um, uh, not just that, but I think the, the it, it's it's almost like your top four, top five teams are, could all, could all compete for you know the the the, the title. So um, and they're they're pretty even. Um, it was a lot more physical than I, ex I expected it to be as well. Um, obviously, Frank witnessed a couple of injuries that are <laughs> mine as well. So, um, but yeah, it was obviously a little uh, normal. Look, what would you see coming out of a big city? You know, a little bit more, less technical, but um, uh, the league still surprised me at how competitive it was. Um, and that was a that's that for me was was the standout. It was very competitive, um, and your top four, top five teams could all been running to to win that league so yeah one team yeah, that just, was just on that just on that physicality bit jeremy it's interesting you, you mentioned that the the, the the cup wins that we had there were probably three games that, that andre was available for he missed a large chunk of the season with injuries as well so um you always used to turn up on the big games though didn't you mate like yeah, I think yeah. that's about it. So when the, when the cameras are when the cameras are rolling, we'll we'll just turn up, and get, <laughs> hair, get, on, get strapped up, and score a goal. And yeah, you know, that's it. Just come on and do the job. I mean, stats 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 don't say the whole story, but five goals in NPL, eight goals in the cup. There's a there's something about what Frank says in there. 
Yeah, no, it was it was a good it was a good it was a it was a good year for me on in terms of um, what I in terms of my finishing. Um, you know, I just felt like I never had that sort of year that maybe I needed to kind of reset myself and 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 you know find a league where I could just bag a bunch of goals and um, yeah, I think the cup, you know, the league, the cup is where I had a lot of success in and, and the league was probably, you know, not as much as I'd hoped, but um, I think by then there was a, there was definitely more of a, a, a target on my back once, once that people started to know, you know, the type of player I was. So it got a bit harder in the league to, to get as many as I'd like, but I think you all in must, all, you I must have a target. You must have a target on your back now in South Australia. Was it five in five? Uh, yeah, so it's five goals in five games and um, four assists as well. So five goals, four assists in the last five games. But again, I've, I've missed a couple of games and you know had a couple of injuries, but I'm coming in good towards the end of the league, end of the season. So hopefully we can keep adding. Yeah. You're doing okay with, with Croydon. Yeah, you, the five in five uh, and altogether it's nine goals this season in the NPL down there. And, and Croydon is, what well, look, it's pretty tight on the table from uh, from what second so third to to eight or nine. There's only three points, um, but it, it looks like you are trying to to do what Crodon said last year, which is uh, reaching the finals. How how likely you think you'll be able to make it? Three three games left. I'm I'm confident we can we'll make it. I think we're playing some of the the best football we've been playing all year, um, and even from you know even from my 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 view or my opinion on, on the on the league down here and, and the teams that we have. I think I've always said this from, from the start of the season. After seeing every team we played once, um, Croydon's a top Croydon's a top five, top four team. I, I definitely think that. I believe that. Um, and I think we've got enough in our arsenal to, to make it, you know, comfortably into the semis. We just didn't have or have that click or we were a bit... Um, passive in the first few games in the first rounds um, we dropped points where we shouldn't have dropped so um, now we're, we're now we're picking them up now we're, we're punishing and burying the teams that we should have punished you know round one so um, I th I'm confident we can we're coming into the, the the best football we've been playing all year and we're coming at the right time and we're just getting better and better and we're becoming more clinical in front of goal I think that's the thing as well you know, we might be pressed up against the. Um, we might have to weather the storm, and you know, it's it's. We get one chance leading forward, and we score, and and that's what we were missing a little bit. You know, first half of the year. So. Last year, Croydon made it to to that um, post uh, post season, and they lost to uh to to the Comets in the first round. Um, mm. The Comets now are are under Croydon. Is is there something when you join the team? That is discussed in the locker room how far they went last year and and how they want to go to the to the next stage yeah i think every club has the ambition to try and bring something back you know i think every club if you're not if your club doesn't have that ambition i mean well you you want to be at a you want to be at a different club you know um and for me i got the taste of winning at monaro so for me it was almost like i want to come but i want to win something again i my, my drive to win something is as You've had a taste for it, and you want more. So, I think the club is headed in the right direction. It's had a it's had a couple of years away from its home ground because it was getting built. Um, it's got a brand new facility there at Regency Park, so they've been playing away for the last two three years. And I think 
the last championship or the last last bit of silverware they won was 2017. So um, they've had a couple of years where they've they've dropped off. They've um, they've had to rebuild their home. So now the club's a bit more settled. Um, it's heading in the right direction, and I think in general, we're, it's a, it's it's definitely been a year where like, they made the finals. They want to build on that and try and make that again. Um, and then, you know, if next year we we continue to build on this, who knows? We can definitely set a more realistic target and go further. So, yeah, the club always has ambitions to to continue pushing. Before we go back to uh, to, to capital and and talk about Australia Cup next round, uh, I, I guess one last question maybe about South Australia. Um, how do you, I guess, how how's the football down there in South Australia? I mean, you know, when you look at it from the outside, the, the market might not look anything much bigger than than Canberra. Yet it looks like there's, a, I guess, a bit more drive for football in South Australia, and and the ability to go into the next stage seems a little bit more palpable when you play in NPL South Australia than, than in the capital for sure and, and maybe other leagues as well. How how have you been this season and could you yeah, could you see that? Yeah, I've I definitely saw the reason I, I why it's quite successful here. Um the the league here although although they're they're quite heavily you know AFL supporters here. Um And I think AFL's on every TV after the football game anyway. But um, they do have a big, a big passion for for for, for European football, you know, soccer. Um, you know, and there's a lot of ethnic um, drive for that as well. You know, you have a lot of the old, you know, migrants that came from Europe um, and they settled up here in South Australia and they set up their clubs there. So there's very much a, a ethnic drive um, around those clubs still, which is quite, that's where you feel, that's where you, you, you get more of your, your passions. Um, but I think the, 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 the benefit of, of Adelaide is that the city here is not as big Um, as your Sydney or, or Melbourne. Um, so your youth can develop quite well here. Your youth stand out here. Um, there's enough opportunity for youth players to play um, and not get lost in the system. Um, and, you know, you watch the Australia Cup, there's always Adelaide City has kind of been, you know, leading that, that carrying that flag, um, that South Australia flag for the last few years, you know, reaching the round of 16 and, and such, you know. So... I think this year was the um, they got granted a second uh, spot um, for South Australia, so um, I can't recall where they took one away from, um, but they gave South Australia two um, Oz Cup positions now as opposed to one. So that's a that's a good thing for the for the city and the the state um, to kind of get more of the um, the talent and the pool, you know, on the national stage. I'd probably add to that as well, Jeremy, is that I think any of these states that have got a, an A-League side um, as their flag bearers, it's, it's obviously a better pathway. It actually gives players some sort of hope that at the end of the day they could become a professional player. So, you know, that's, that's, where, that's where we sort of lack here in Canberra a lot. You know, any time you go through uh, the, the, the teams that make the final 32, even if you basically discount the A-League sides and you look at at the sides that, that have made it from NPL, especially the Sydney-Melbourne teams and the, and the Queensland and the South Australian teams, they're, they're full of ex-A-League players, whereas we don't have that. that. That was going to be my question to you, Frank, exactly. The, obviously, the easy one is to say that there's an A-League team not here in uh, in the capital, but there's one in Adelaide. 
but there's also a um a, i guess a, a an effort that's made uh, purposely by Adelaide United to make sure that the youth gets um the reward as well or, or so it feels like in South Australia do you think that having this obviously needs to be tried from the A League team but do you think that also brings the other A League teams around to be like we need to look at this because if the elective look at it then then we need to pay attention to yeah what's well, in their best interest isn't it you, you, oh, it doesn't matter you know, at, at that sort of level it doesn't matter where players are coming from they just want to get the best players they can so you know obviously you want to foster and nurture the, the ones that are in your backyard as much as you possibly can and you can keep an eye on them from a very young age but don't for one second think that teams from Melbourne or Sydney aren't, aren't looking over the back fence to see what South Australia is producing as well. So, yeah, and all that does is drive competition, which means the players become even better. Um, and and at the end of the day, you know, players, whereas they may have a loyalty to a particular region, they want to go to, and, and like Andre alluded to, you want to go where you, you might be able to win trophies, where you want to go where you can further your career. And if that's in Sydney or Melbourne or if that's in Brisbane or Adelaide, then you'll do it. So, yeah, it's obviously in the best interest of, of those clubs uh, at that professional level to, to really invest heavily in their juniors and, and keep a very close eye on them uh, as they develop. Andre, here we talk about the National Gold Second Tier coming in uh, next year or the, or the following year with so far Canberra, Croatia and Wigan United in the run. Um, are the talks are as present down in uh, South Australia? I know there's the uh, that, that club that's put forward by Football um, SA and, and, and also Adelaide City, uh, for example. Is that something that's um, also highly anticipated? Yeah, I think it's something we've been anticipating for you know the last five to ten years. You know, uh, second tier B League. Um, it's it's definitely been a, a, a talking point, um, especially the finances involved with, with going into it. I think that's the, the main, most things that most clubs can't um, uh, kind of meet in that criteria. The, the combination, there's a joint bid there with, I think, Campbelltown Metro and Football South Australia, which basically said that they would, you know, I think, cover half the... the, um, the costs of, of going through the stages of it. So, you know, you kind of have to go through the next stage and the next stage. And if you meet that criteria, yeah, obviously that costs money as well. So, um, yeah, I think Adelaide City are, are probably your best bet to kind of go into that. Um, they're the most successful club in, in South Australia by far, um, you know, and they've produced a few soccer roos, you know, in the old NSL days as well. So. Um, I think that club, you know, is, is going to be, again, leading that flag to try and get into the B League and um, other clubs around that, you know, financially-wise may miss out. Um, but, you know, I think it's still good for the region to have one or two bids trying to get into there for sure. Yeah, 100%. All right, let, let's go to Australian Cup and what our um, Canberra representative will be because, obviously, the two of you have face them uh, quite a bit. And, and apparently, uh, from what Frank was saying, Andre, you were even talking to almost joining them at some point, Canberra, Croatia, uh, who uh, who went through uh, the cup beating some of the best teams despite um, having a, a tough time in the league. And they'll play against uh, Mont Druid in New South Wales. Uh, Mont Druid, who's not having the best time in the league uh, right now either, rather, um, rather towards the bottom of the table and still struggling to make sure they're not going to be in the playoff relegation game we were talking a little bit about this before the 
the pod, uh, Frank. The fact that the team isn't that high in the in the league in New South Wales doesn't mean that Canberra Croatia has to come there thinking, um, you know, it's all happy days. Yet when we talked on the last podcast, we were saying that every single team will look at Canberra Croatia thinking that's the team I want to face in the cup. Where do you think is the the psychological advantage in in that game that's coming up in in August? Oh, look, there's a, there's a couple of points I'll probably make on this just just in just in thinking. So we we played Sydney United last year, and I think at that stage, Andre, they were probably sitting somewhere between eighth and tenth. I think at that stage, um, mm-hmm. and we thought that's not a bad draw for us. Um, we thought we could go there and, and and at least be competitive, and and I think we definitely were. And, and had things gone our way, we, we might have, you know, actually nicked that one. I mean, we, yeah, we went down 3-0, but at, at nil all, we probably had three or four great chances. There could have been a handball and a send-off. And even at 2-0 down, Andre had a goal disallowed with 10 minutes to go that could have brought us right back into the game at 2-1. Now, that's a team that was sitting sort of mid-table or just below mid-table in New South Wales, who, after they beat us, went all the way through to the actual final, beating A-League sides and things like that. So... You know, when you, when you got people like Antelme and these sort of guys coming off the bench, not even starting, um, it just underlines the strength of that New South Wales competition. And as much as Canberra Croatia will look at, at at Mount Druitt and think that's that's a really good draw for us and that's winnable, and and they've got every right to think that because what Canberra Croatia have got are players that have actually played at that level before. You've got Casper Tafta who played A League. You've got people like Barach, um, Ryan Keir. Uh, and, and a like that, and Maddie Goodbusser that have all played in either New South Wales or Victorian NPL, and they can, you know, they can definitely play at that level without too many doubts. But you look at, you look at, um, at what Mount Druitt might be looking over, the, you know, at, at the Canberra Croatia side. Canberra Croatia fifth in a ta- in a table of eight, uh, and and after today they could be sitting sixth. Um, so. You know, as as much as as Canberra Croatia should be looking over at New South Wales, that 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 table and thinking, oh, this is a good opportunity for us. Don't think for one moment that the likes of Tarek Ellerich and uh, and uh, Frangi that that play for 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 Mount Druitt aren't going to be looking over at at our table in the Capital Premier League and thinking, well, you know, they're, they're sitting fifth or sixth in that table. Um, that's pretty winnable for us as well, especially at home. Is that, is that actually a good thing, you think, for Canberra Croatia, not going in there as, as the top of the table and maybe coming even more as the underdog? As... Oh, look, I think at the end of the day, I think Cam, if, you, if you told Canberra Croatia, would you prefer to be going there top of the table <laughs> as opposed to fifth or sixth, I'd say they'd much rather go there at the top of the table, as, as anyone would, because even when we went over there, I think we were sitting second or third. Um, you know, second or third, how does that, how does that equate to, to New South Wales? You know, and, and certain things do to lend itself to that. Like only we had Andre out for a long time and, and we were in a position where I think before you know, towards the back end of the season, or even even if you said at that round of thirty two, we'd lost two games all season. Right. So mm. it wasn't as if we were getting beaten. We were we were drawing a lot of games and, and maybe the loss of Andre converting those draws to wins probably, you know, contributed to that. But like I said, you know, you look at you look at um, Mount Druitt and their last few results. Yeah, they lost two one to Arpia last week. You know, they they beat Marconi. They, um, you know, they've never been blown out of the water. I don't think. You know, they, they they've lost the odd game by by goal, and uh, it looks as if they're they're there or thereabouts. Uh, and and I think 
to be honest, the same could be said of Canberra Croatia at the moment. It's like every time they play someone, they seem to play at that level. So if they play you know, a Tigers or an O'Connor, they're at that level. If they play someone down towards the, 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 the bottom of the table, they seem to, for periods of time, they seem to play at that level. So, you know, they may lift. I think they're very capable of, of getting a result here, but don't think for one second that Mount Druitt, Mount Druitt don't think that they're capable of going further in this competition as well. Yeah, they're probably both obviously really want to go to the next stage. Andre, you've played uh, against Kerbrock of course, uh, last year. How do you rate their chances of uh, of getting to the next stage? I think um, I think Canberra Croatia will be. Um, I think they they have an element of surprise about them that may catch Mount Druid off guard. Um, Canberra Croatia know the type of team they are, and they've got they've got a lot of good players to to turn it on. And when they turn it on, they could, like you saw in that cup final, they came from losing, you know, or just winning or losing their recent games. Um, and I think in that cup final, Olympic was the favourites, and they blew them out like three, you know, four two. Um, and they were up three 0 at one stage, I think. And that's that's something that if they turn it on, they can hurt teams. Um, and they can, I think that. Um, the, the the difference with Sydney and and um, uh, and Canberra is is not too far off. Um, I think it's just the, you know it's a small quality of of, of well there's there's definitely a large well, I'd say that again there is a large quality of difference where the players come from right you know there's players that play at the same level you know in the MPL level that can hang you know anywhere um, but when you come and play a cup game, it really doesn't matter. You know, it's who who plays better on the one day on the one game. And like Frank said, we I think we had we could have been up at that game probably three nil comfortably. Um, you know, going into half time against that um, uh, clash with Sydney United. Um, so we we when we look back at that and we're looking forward to the game between Croatia and Madrid. Mount Druitt could could have an element of of surprise that they're not they don't know what to expect um, and that's kind of a, a, a bad thing you know is when you have a team you don't know what to expect um, you you really don't know how to prepare for it so um, you know they could probably do a bit of footage or watch their games but at the end of the day like we say they're not doing too well in the league so how well can you take those footages of what they've been doing recently. Um, because if they turn it on, they're a completely different team. Um, so I think that's the advantage that Croatia has, and they just need to turn it on for one game. Um, and they could pinch the the win there, um, but it will be a tough game. Like I said, you know, if you bury your chances and you hold a tight ship, you, you could you could go to win. You both hinted at, at that game last year against Sydney United. Um, obviously, yeah, f- five minutes in, there's that header that. Who knows how the keeper um, gets it out? The header from from Bailey that almost gets in. Um, in in general, I guess the, that trip to New South Wales, uh, Frank. How do you prepare that from the moment you know which team is drawn, and, and how do you prepare your your players for a trip, a game that you know, as you said, it, it it's in the devil is in the detail, right? But you you are in the national stage. People are watching you. Um, the best players will be seen as being probably even better than not that they are but at least show to the face of, of australia how good they are how, how do you prepare all this while also you know trying to to get to the next round yeah look i've loved the australian cup yeah <laughs> i just you know you um okay. <laughs> yeah I've, look i've you know i've been lucky enough to qualify for qualify my teams for it for three times now so 
it's it, it really does make you feel like a professional uh, for a couple of weeks at the very least, and uh, and you do get swept up into it. And and, and it's not just yeah, you know, it's not just me. If you have a look at across the board, I, I think if you did if you if you ran some stats and said um, how teams that have qualified for the FFA Cup or the Australia Cup have actually fared in the leagues after qualification, you'll see a, pretty much a big drop off in their league. Um, yeah, it's almost like every team that's that's played in that in that midweek game loses their NPL game on the week the following weekend. Um, whether it's a letdown or whether it's looking forward to the next round, it could be a, a number of different things. As far as preparation goes, look, I think we're we're lucky here in that you've got things like Bar TV, you've got NPL TV, and you can do your research and the analysis. I think the big thing that I always try to lean uh, lean on is is my network. So, being you know, you go on. I, I purposely went and did my licenses outside of Canberra um, just to make sure that I could focus on what I was doing. But it also gave me the opportunity to meet some really, really um, important people and really nice people from from around the country that are coaching at MPL or A League level, and, um, and and fortunate enough to to call them friends now. So, you know, when 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 we came up against Sydney United, um, you know, straight away you're tapping into your contacts in Sydney and and talking to them about um, you know how they play who we look out for but by the same token you know we were playing a, a, a Croatian based team and, and they would have had plenty of uh, support from from Canberra people giving them information back on on how we went about it um, again you lean on your you, senior players people like Andre and at that stage Zach McLaren uh, and even Jordan Fertel had all come up against a number of players that have played for, that were playing for Sydney United. So you know, listening to, to them and and uh, and what they thought um, around who may be playing, who might not, you know, who who the, the real targets are around who you needed to stop. And then you know, at the end of the day, you 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 hope for some some luck to go your way and injuries not to cruel you. Um, unfortunately for us, we we lost two very influential players, you know, before the um before that cup game. So we were without Nick Calfas and Jay Seldon. I would have loved to have had them both available. Um, but at the same time, you know, that, that opened up the opportunity for us to, to put some younger guys on the bench and just, and I and, and, and basically spoke to them about, look, I want you to be part of this. The chances of you getting on are very slim, but I want you to experience this and take this on board for, for the way you go about it in the future. And so, you know, you start to see some of those young guys sort of pop up in the NPL and Canberra now and, and they've got that under their belt. So, you know, you, you try to make the most of that whole competition and that whole occasion. Um, and you do, you go into it, you know, realistically thinking like, you know, if we if we do make it, great. If we don't, what what can I do for the club to, to get the most out of this? So, you know, there's a couple of different things you can do as far as preparation go. And um, yes, I mean, the focus is on that one game, but you also try to take the bigger picture in, uh, in, in developing players and... and and getting the club to move forward. Andre, how, how did that feel as a uh, as a player? I think uh, what Frank said is is probably spot on, and what you're trying to do when you're going to play a team of that level on on, on that stage. Um, mm. Hey, did, did he did his message went through well? <laughs> but but also you as a player, how did you get ready for um, that that Australian Cup national stage? Yeah, I think um, my preparation was a little bit different to Frank's. I was, I was on the beach in, in Croatia somewhere for a, for a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I, I, that was the after we had won that cup game uh, in the Federation Cup. 
um, the next round I ended up breaking my wrist and I needed surgery. So I was out for about two months, I think. Um, and um, I decided to, to head to Croatia with my grandparents and, and, and stay over there and experience a bit of the village life and, and go travel around. So um, it was an opportunity where, you know, I got to be something different, but yeah, I was always, I was chatting to Frank about that. Um, you know, make sure this game is going to be later in the day, like make sure the game's going to be later if we can push it back late as possible so I can come back. So I ended up having to go on that, we'll go into theatre again and get the, my pin, like the pins that I had in my wrist removed. Um, uh, and then I had a bit of a brace and yeah, from now I, I play with my arm taped up. Um, you know, for, for that reason. So, um, but yeah, my I was I, I had a bit of a holiday leading up into it. And when I came back, I did try to keep myself as fit as possible. This is the man management that he's talking about. Yeah, the, the, the photos of Instagram and, and the and the drinks and the food and yeah. I, and then every now and then I get fun. I get a thirty second video of him running, like and that was meant to be a like a there was a lot of mountains in Croatia I was running around, so yeah, it was I, I definitely wanted to try and keep myself as I know I definitely could have done better, but um, <laughs> leading into that game was 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 more of a um you know, just just get back out there and give everything you have. Um, and I'm usually I, I'm 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 quite fit anyway. Um, I don't I don't put on the the kilos quite easily, um, and I can I can maintain myself pretty well. So um, I think the only thing I was really out of touch was in that game was obviously a little bit of fitness, but um, I think my finishing was was a little bit out. So there's a couple of chances that I had that you know on a different day. Um, I would, I would, I would bury them, um, and I usually do. Uh, so, yeah, um, that was the only thing that I kind of look back and I think, oh, I wish things were a bit different. But you know, you can't really do that. Um, but all in all, leading up to the the the, the day, it's exciting. Uh, yeah, like like Frank said, I think I love the Australian Cup, and I've only had the privilege of of, of qualifying for it once. Um, you know, and and even before then, that you know, you, we played in. I played in the Sydney comps coming through, and you know, you beat your MPL teams, and then you you make it through, and then you lose right right at the end before the qualifying round. So I never really made and qualified for the cup, the Australian Cup. So this was the first time for me, and and the experience was, uh, you know, one I always remember, and I loved it. You know, I loved the, the team I was going with. I loved the club that was a was an old historic club. You know, into Manaro. You know, to, to bring them back and to help the club bring it back into that sort of stage, you know, where it's it's in the national stage was was a privilege and, you know, that'll stay with me forever. I was going to ask how it rates in your career. Well, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good answer. What, what kind of advice do you have for uh, for some of those players who are going to play at that level with, with Cabra Croatia or, or, to be honest, any of the other teams in, in the competition? Frank mentioned, you know, the experience of some of those players who've played at that level maybe already for Canberra Croatia but some of them it is going to be you know the first time as well that they that they play at that level and maybe uh, maybe a lot of nerves coming into into that game you know what, what would you advise them to to take out of this uh, this important game for them oh it, it's it's obviously one of those things to just say enjoy it you know what I mean because you know it doesn't last long I don't think I don't. Nothing lasts too long in the in the football in the football world. You know, you, 
to, to say you only have, you know, even even to say to someone else where you, you know, it's it's limited your football career, um, depending how far you go and depending how successful you are. It's no one no one ever has this, you know, privilege or or no one ever has sorry this right to to just play, you know, as long as they want. So it's a privilege to kind of you know go out every weekend and, and put on a jersey that's been worn you know a thousand times before you you know over the span of 70 years um you know to, to represent a club and then and and then and play a bit of part in that club's history um i think yeah you really realize how small you are when you know a whole club gathers around and and, and comes together to make something like that possible and what it means to other people outside of the club as well, the supporters. So I'd say, you know, be humbled by the experience, you know, to the young players, take it in, enjoy it as much as you can and and, and try and play your part in, in that club's piece of history. Frank, I'm going to get that question to, to you as well because um, Andre just talked about his holidays to Croatia before the, <laughs> the, the game and I'm sure other coaches are in this situation, not necessarily for holidays, but injuries and, and the players that are going to be available or not um as a coach you know this plus the pressure from the history of the club or or, or the people around uh, as a coach who we know is a uh, you know is, is a pretty sometimes lonely job how how do you get everything in, into that to try and uh, and get the best out of this team um yeah look it's a good question um i, I think if yeah from a player's point of view, you, you want to walk off that field knowing that you've left everything out there um, and you don't want to walk off with any regrets, sort of thinking, I could have or I should have. And I think as a coach, you, you do exactly the same thing. So, you know, I I know we gave the boys mountains of information that we that we needed to get across. We also, um, we also made sure that, you know, we... You know, we, we were as well prepared as, as possible. Um, and, and you want to walk off thinking, you know, you, you want to walk away from that game thinking, I've done everything I can to help us win this win this game. So, you know, at, at, at the same time, you know, what Andre said is, is, is absolutely right. You know, you've only got a short time in the game. But the one thing that you do keep forever is, is those memories. Um, and so you, you want to make it the best possible memory you, you can. So absolutely, you know, you, you do that. I think that's that sort of round up the uh, the episode for us, Andre. What can we wish you for the, the rest of that season with uh, with Croydon with the last three games left? Well, I think for me, I think I've set my own sort of goals to to um, to try and, like I said, bring my um, bring what I can to the club and and. and and it's kind of leave everything I can out there on the pitch for myself as well. Uh, I think I do. I try and do myself um, justice when I when I do that because, like I said, I'm 31 now, and I'm you know heading to the I would say maybe the the later stage of my career. But I just feel like I'm getting warmed up. You know, I've had I've had pretty two pretty great seasons back to back, and um, you know I kind of want to build on that for the future um, and. You know, I think I just want to focus on the last three games here that we, or the last, yeah, three games we have here with Croydon. And I'll, I'll set my own targets of goals I want to reach. Um, you know, I just want to help myself, you know, and also help the club um, kind of achieve and, and bring something to that, um, to the people around there. So 
um, yeah, just take it one game at a time and, and, and you know, we'll see how far we can go. Frank, you got three trophies with Andre last year. What can you tell the, the Croydon coach? How do you get the most out of, out of Andre to be able to get those trophies? Oh, that's easy. Just send him to Croatia for six weeks. It's, um, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a recipe that we know that breeds success. Like, just send him on holidays. Just get him to send mail. Obviously, look, with the, with the Croydon coach, um, he's got, you know, buckets of experience with A-League and, and coaching at this level. I'm not going to tell him anything that he doesn't already know. I think at the end of the day, you've just got to trust him and, and the players around him to uh, get the best out of each other and, um, you know, give him every opportunity to, to win you a title. And, um, you know, I think you know, it, it's obviously going to be tough going because the quality of, of the competition over there in South Australia is high. Um, but I'm sure he'll give you every opportunity to, to taste that success. Frank, thank you for your time. Andre, th thanks as well. Best of luck for the, the last three games and, you know, hopefully the, the post-season, you're, you're doing okay with Croydon, so, so so keep it going that way. Uh, and, and, yeah, thanks again, the two of you, for, for your time on, uh, on Front Page Football in, in the capital. Thank you, boys. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, mate. What a goal! Green with a stunner. Daniel Balac, he must score. He's gonna score. Camera Croatia leads. Real chance at the far post for McCarthy, and they've got one back. Back in split. It's unbelievable. What a finish! It's in. It's one-one. Andre Carr.